Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on? Jermaine Johnson tuning in to Turn On The Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune into the Turn On The Jets podcast. everybody welcome back to the turn the jets podcast i'm your host will parkinson at will 11 on twitter instagram and tiktok a couple episodes upcoming this week first episode here we're going to be breaking down the elijah moore trade uh from late last week the mccall hardman signing uh as well as some of the, the press conference comments from guys like joe douglas and robert sal as well as the charles robinson article that came out this morning uh you know kind of or late last night earlier this morning detailing you know kind of the sticking point of this aaron Rodgers trade Kind of special guest, uh, special guest. I think your second time, uh, our second time on the pod, our brother Charlie Parkinson, um, who uh, is a draft analyst and, and scout for the thirty third team. Um, Charlie, how are we doing today, man? I'm good. Glad to be here and talk a little uh, Jets off season. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, Charlie was uh, you know with the combine with me and you know got a got his foot uh, feet on the ground a little bit. So um, let's start with the Elijah Moore trade. You know, that's kind of the, I would say, other than the Aaron Rodgers thing, kind of one of the bigger things that's happened this offseason. Obviously, the Jets move on from the 34th overall pick two years ago. Uh, Elijah Moore and the 74th overall pick for uh, the Browns pick number 42 in the second round, one pick ahead of the Jets. What did you make of the trade overall? Did you think they got good value? Were you surprised that he got moved? Kind of where uh, where was your head at when you saw that trade come down? Um, my initial thoughts were just like a little disappointment, to be honest. I've always been a big Elijah Moore fan. I mean, I'm not a fan of how he kind of handled himself in New York um, this past year, but I kind of understood the frustrations a little bit in terms of him not being using the offense and whatever. Um, I really wanted to work it out. I think he's, he can be a really good player. Um, you know, he was very limited by the quarterback. So the potential of getting a, a better quarterback this year. Um, I would have loved to see him in the offense, especially with the other young playmakers we have. Um, so I was disappointed, but, um, you know, if he doesn't want to play for you, if a guy doesn't want to play for you, you might as well get value where you can. Um, I also didn't love what we got. I didn't hate it. Um, I think it puts us in a good position to have capital to to trade for Aaron Rodgers if that's what we end up doing. Um, so So that's good from that perspective, but I did feel like, it equates to like a third round pick or whatever on the Jimmy Johnson draft chart, which is kind of like been proven to not really be based off any real metrics. Um, I think the, the more recent kind of draft charts, I know uh, some of the guys at PFF have, have one, um, I think are a little more uh, accurate and kind of based off previous performance and, and contracts and whatnot. Um, didn't see that, that the trade, favored the Jets at all and favored the Browns a lot more. Um, so wherever you fall on that, I, I'm not sure. But, you know, getting value for a player that doesn't want to play for you, I think, is good and kind of, you know, we can't have people in, in the locker room that don't want to be a part of the team, especially when you're trying to do something special like contend for a Super Bowl. Um, but overall, I would say, you know, 
a little upset, disappointed, underwhelmed. At the same time, you know, if this gets us to Aaron Rodgers, then so be it. Yeah, look, I, I think this trade was pretty clearly the Jets want to have a second round pick and they had to figure out a way to acquire another second round pick, knowing that's likely, you know, based off the report last night, based off what I've been saying and a million people have been saying, you know, it's going to be a second round pick this year. The Jets have a lot of different holes on this roster, whether that be center, which I feel like is going to be that second round pick, safety, defensive tackle, uh, as well as offensive tackle. And you could even make the argument wide receiver, although we'll get to Odell in a moment. You know, look, was it frustrating to have to get up on the 34th overall pick from two years ago, a guy who showed flashes? Yes. Um, you know, again, it, they came out that, that Brown sort of trade form at the, you know, when he made the request last year. Yes, obviously, it's not ideal value. He's a smaller player. He's had durability concerns. He's already requested a trade once. He's going to need, knowing Elijah Moore's agent, I'm sure he will look to, if he has a big year, get paid next offseason already. So there was a lot of factors here. The Jets are clearly trying to get bigger as a, as a position group. I just, I don't love the deal. I don't hate it. I think it's something, it's kind of an end to a mean in terms of the Jets. All these things, moves are made for Aaron Rodgers and bolstering this offensive line, it feels like. So, Right. Unfortunate, I mean, it's but unfortunate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. But at the end of the day, you know, again, yesterday we heard uh, from Robert Sala, Joe Douglas. This has been out there for a while. The Jets are interested in Odell Beckham. He's at the owners' meeting today. As a recording, he met with Robert Sala and Joe Douglas. And um, you know, again, obviously we're in the green pants and, and white shirt. Uh, it was certainly an interesting choice. Odell coming in basically left no spot for Elijah Moore anyways. Elijah Moore was it kind of shown he's – I know he can play on the outside. He's primarily a slot guy. And the way the teams – you know, Connor Rogers made this point on Badlands, the way the Jets are going to have to move Garrett Wilson around to avoid double teams and, you know, in the slot, in motions and different things, the tight sets are going to run with Lazar, potentially a Corey Davis – you know, having, you know, guys like McCole Harmon and things, you just can't have a guy that's a siloed player and can only play in one position uh majority of the time. So again, disappointing. I think it's understandable to be frustrated, but at the end of the day, if the Jets walk out of this offseason having given up Elijah more in the third round, a second and a third round pick and acquiring Rodgers, multiple offensive linemen, Odell, you know, Clay's Campbell visiting Thursday, Ben Jones visiting Wednesday. There's a lot here. So again, disappointing, but I at the end of the day, you'll take basically Aaron Rodgers for uh, Elijah Moore <laughs> in a vacuum. I think, yeah, I think that's uh, absolutely. Uh, I think that's I think that's the fair way to look at it. McCole Hardman's the other signing that we you know late last week. I think it's a move that there's a couple there's a couple years of dead cap money. Uh, it's like two point four million next year, if, you know, whatever. But it's a pretty reasonable deal for a one year prove it deal. Um, Cole Hartman's got world class speed. He's an, brings an explosive, you know, component to the offense. He's definitely a better player than Braxton Berrios is, both in the return game and as an offensive player. He obviously missed some time last year, but multiple times Super Bowl champ. The Jets apparently were interested in him in the 2019 draft. The Chiefs traded up above the Jets to go get him. So, um, what'd you make of the Hardman move? I thought no brainer, really good wide receiver four. I guess maybe it could be a wide receiver three theoretically and add some pop and explosiveness in the return game. Yeah, totally. I think, um, I think it's been pretty clear that Joe Douglas has, has loved speed um, in his tenure. Um, and I think McCall Hardman just kind of further evidence of that. Um, I honestly going into the offseason did not think he was, he was like a top, you know, target for the jets or anything like that. But, you know, he's very versatile. He can do a lot of things on the offense. Um, uh, and obviously, gadget gadget kind of things that he did with the Chiefs and in the return game. But I think 
um, as a deep threat. I think that's partially what the Jets have been missing for a really long time. Uh, you know, someone that can really just stretch the field, um, can get a couple big plays out of that guy, and you know, I think you're you're doing something right. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of the, con- I mean, it's a very low risk contract, you know, low risk signing. Honestly, this is a this is a, a young guy who's was drafted pretty highly and has had some success, but whether people starting in front of him or um, situation or injury, whatever, he hasn't been able to turn into star wide receiver. And I don't know if he ever will, he probably won't. And that's fine, but he certainly has room to improve and, you know, going to a roster, young roster like the jets, but also roster with availability, you know, like how many receivers have we seen play in the last couple of years? And like, all of a sudden have big roles. The fact that Braxton Barris even had to have a big role two years ago kind of shows that, you know, I think Hardman's a guy that can definitely step up and, and get things done. I don't think, I don't think he's like an absolute difference maker, but I also think as a wide receiver four, wide receiver three, just like it's a good add to the wide receiver room and a good add to special teams and, and uh, just adding speed to the team as a whole, I think is really crucial. And also a guy that's played a lot of playoff football and played in Super Bowls. Um, he's young, but he's one of the more experienced guys on the Jets in terms of, you know, playoff playoff success. Yeah, he's kind of – it's crazy to say he's been there, done that. Um, in terms of a couple other names, obviously Joe Douglas yesterday, again, mentioned confirming their interest in Odell Beckham, meeting with them, meeting with them uh, multiple times. He has not scheduled for a visit, but he – Quite literally, is at the owners' meeting, meeting with them. Ben Jones, uh, former Pro Bowl center, um, guy who's got some injury concerns, more on the concussion uh, side of things, will be visiting with them tomorrow. And then Thursday, Clayus Campbell. What do you make of all three of those guys? Because I, I kind of think they're all three no brainers. It doesn't even preclude you from adding other pieces. Receiver, maybe it precludes you from adding more pieces this year. But, you know, <laughs> the Jets having a bunch of guys that are still really solid contributors and or veterans in the league can combine with the young talent. Um, ben Jones is an obvious upgrade over Connor McGovern. And I still think you would draft a center in round two. You let him develop or you just draft a guy. If you don't like Ben Jones, Odell makes the way the contracts looks to be structured. It's I'm sure it's going to be a one year, like $5 million deal. that can get up to 15. If all of a sudden the jets win the super bowl and he has 1500 yards or something crazy. He just needs to show, show teams. He can play healthy, stay healthy and still wants to play football. Honestly, and Clay's Campbell makes all the sense in the world. The Jets need at least one, if not two, defensive tackles uh, with losing Sheldon Rankins, losing Nathan Shepard. Like, they have one defensive tackle on the roster you'd want to see play, and that's Quinn Williams. Solomon Thomas is your defensive tackle, too, is not going to cut it. So um, what do you make of those three guys? Do you think <clears throat> they get those done, and, and are they good moves? Like, what do you make of them? Yeah, I mean, I think uh... – I think right now, like, obviously been a very quiet kind of free agency, so it seems like any move we can make, we sh- we should make, um, at least from, like, a fan perspective. Um, now, I don't, I don't know that all three of those players are still, you know, can play as well as they've once played. You know, a lot of times you want to sign guys for what they can be, not for what they've done. But at the same time, I think – I don't think any of those three would be – being asked asked to step in these like huge kind of roles um but do i want a hall of fame defensive tackle in the, on a d-line like sure you know like I, I would gladly take that um especially where we are with depth whether i want him to like you know play as many snaps as he's played the last couple of years can he still do it i'm not doubting it but i don't know 
I think either way, you need depth there. Um, and then with Odell, I think, yeah, like not having Elijah Moore on the roster definitely – Odell makes a lot of sense, I think. Um, and, you know, I think – I'm not sure, you know, I think he thinks he's a lot better than he is versus what teams are valuing him at, um, which is fair. I mean, the guy's coming up injuries. He's aging. We see, like, Adele still has his moments with the Rams, and he was really crucial for them down the stretch. So I think I think he would be would be a valuable addition. Um, again, that kind of depends what the contract's going to look like. But, you know, that's for Joe Douglas and crew to figure out, and I think I think they'll be just fine in doing so. Um, but, yes, strengthening the wide receiver room, like, any, any day of the week I'll take that. Um, and then in terms of Ben Jones, I think, like, Connor McGovern, yeah, as you mentioned, like, I think he's gone, um, and that's fine. And I think either way, interior line is getting addressed, whether guard, center, someone that can do both, someone that can play all five positions, like, in the draft, as they should. You know, you can't have enough of those guys that can play. We saw everyone offensive line was completely deteriorated by the end of the season. Um, and, you know, Ben Jones, a guy that has experience um, being in Tennessee. So I think uh, – be happy if, if we made those kind of moves um again i think it totally depends on the contract but i think all three of those guys fill needs at least in terms of depth um and again like I, i'm not I, I don't see them all of a sudden returning to this pro ball form but it doesn't mean they can't be good nfl players that can contribute to a a playoff caliber roster yeah i don't think that's part of why i think these moves make sense i don't think outside of a you're expecting can Ben Jones, if you sign him, can he and a potential young day two center give you 17 games of league average or slightly above league average play? Are you can you get Clay's Campbell to play at league average opposite Quinn and Williams with the rest of that defensive line? That's all you're really asking for. Odell, can you get 45 catches for 700 yards and seven touchdowns? Like, I don't think that's unreasonable. And then all of a sudden you get that from like a similar numbers from a Lazard, similar numbers from Hardman, and Garrett Wilson goes over a thousand. Now you're you're really cooking. There's a million different options, right? So um I, I just simply don't I think that all three of those guys, you you're bringing them in and you're hoping, can we get some production? Can you bring that veteran savvy? Can you have your moments to go compliment Quinnen, Garrett Wilson, um, to compliment and Elijah Vera Tucker and the rest of that interior offensive line? Want to hit on a couple of quick things here. Obviously, the piece last night, as everyone's already seen, you know, again, I've been mentioning, I think it's going to be a two and a conditional two. Um, that's what it's looking like. The Jets want protections in 2025. We'll see if that gets moved into protections in 2024 from the Jets' perspective. Obviously, if they win the Super Bowl and if Rodgers plays in 2024. But what do you think of the price tag for what it's going to take to acquire Rodgers at this point? And, you know. Yeah, I guess. When do you think this deal gets done? I, I think, you know, this deal obviously needs to get done before the draft for the Packers' sake. That's why the Jets have had this leverage. They want a 2023 asset. Uh, but what do you think of the, the price tag? And are you surprised it's, I guess, as low as it is for a four-time MVP? Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think, obviously, when I first – not considering anything, but I'm like, okay, we're going to trade Aaron Rodgers. I'm thinking, oh, oh shoot, like, what are, we, what are you going to have to give up to get Aaron Rodgers, right? And I think you're thinking day one – Pick, pick 13, whatever. We'll just throw pick 13 and it's fun. And honestly, like, I was like, all right, I guess that makes sense. But, I mean, the more you kind of think about it and the more they're, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers situation has deteriorated, and that's really the, the key to this, right, when we talk leverage. Like, 
Aaron Rodgers does not want to be a Packer, and he says that's because the Packers don't want him to be a Packer. They've been pretty open with the fact that Aaron Rodgers will not be their quarterback next year, um, and they want to see what Jordan Love has, and understandably so. So I think when when you talk leverage, it's like, well, yeah, the, the Jets don't need to give up pick number 13 because Aaron Rodgers is not going to be a Packer, and the longer the Packers wait, the more it benefits the Jets. Um, I think by by June first, I mean correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe the Packers are gonna have to would have to pick up an, an option of some sort and give him sixty million dollars cash, which they're not gonna do because he's not gonna play for them next year. Um, so I think that's like the quote unquote deadline, but obviously June first misses the draft. So I think um, the Packers are gonna want to get it done before April twenty seventh or twenty eighth or whenever the draft is. Um, and I think for the Jets, like, I think we saw today, Joe Douglas, it's like, there's no rush, you know, like, and there isn't for the Jets. There there really isn't. I think they've already missed out on, on the, any quarterback they would choose over Aaron Rodgers at this point outside of Lamar, um, which doesn't seem like that's going to happen. So I think as a, from a fan perspective, I'd love to say, you know, let's get the shit done soon. I want to, I want to go buy an Aaron Rodgers jersey. But I also think <clears throat> the longer – the longer the Jets wait, I think, um, and the longer the Packers and the Jets wait, I think it's going to continue to benefit benefit the Jets. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of the price tag, like, I think 13 is just is rich. And I think there's just too much uncertainty and too large of, uh, of a cap number to, uh, to have to trade so much, you know. So now we have that second round pick, that second second round pick. So that's like, that's a high quality pick. And then again, yeah, then focus on the next year and do something conditional because you you don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to play. Nobody knows except Aaron Rodgers. So contract. So and he very well could retire either way. So you just want some protection there. So I think, I think it's understandable from both sides. I get why, as a Packer fan, you're like, why are we not getting Sauce Gardner, Quinn Williams, and eight first-round picks, because this is our four-time MVP who's been our quarterback for the last 15 years. But at the same time, Packers and Aaron Rodgers and the contract situation have all combined to put themselves in this situation where Aaron Rodgers is not going to be a Packer next year, regardless. Um, so, so, yeah, it's uh, it just comes down to what they can eventually agree on as a fair price, but I think I think, as you mentioned, the second this year and a conditional second next year, I think is is fair. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it was less than that. Um, might be being a little optimistic, um, but I think that's kind of what it takes. And I also, you know, I, I don't mind that. You know, like, I think that's, I think that is fair for the most part. And as a Jets fan, you'd probably have to feel pretty happy with that if that ends up being the price. Yeah, no, look, I think... You know, that's obviously the the Jets want basically they want their pick back in 2025 if Rodgers retires from that report. There was also a report from Adam Schefter that he the Jets may have started their <laughs> started their offer at a fourth round pick, a conditional four, the Brett Favre package. So if that's the case, uh, more power to you, Joe Douglas. Impressive, <laughs> uh, impressive starting offer. Last couple questions here for you. Obviously, the majority of the stuff you've been kind of handling is the draft. 
Now that they, they're going to pick 13, we assume they're going to have either pick 42 or 43. What direction would you like to see the Jets go in at 13 and 42 or 43? And um, after that, who's maybe a, a day three guy that you maybe like that you've either watched or you think that could be a decent fit for the Jets? Yeah, I mean, I think I think solidifying another spot on the offensive line is, is priority number one. Um, and I think the Jets will be in a position to do so between Broderick Jones, Paris Johnson, uh, Skronsky, um, I think I think they'll be able to get some a versatile option on the offensive line. Um, and you know you have your more tackle types like Anton Harrison and Darnell Wright, which I think probably won't be as much in play. Um, and then kind of as we get to the second round, uh, like a Joe Tipman or um a john michael schmitz i think any of those types of guys make a lot of sense um just you know improving improving on the interior i think is is crucial um not necessarily improving on the interior excuse me improving on the offensive line as a whole um and specifically specifically at um getting like guys that can play versatile that can be versatile and play multiple positions you know your elijah vera tucker types how huge was he in this first eight weeks last year you know, just kind of injury. Well, now you got a guy that can kind of erase that and really, really help out. Um, and then I think, you know, I think linebacker and safety are still positions where I would like to see further improvement. Um, and I haven't watched all the linebackers or safeties that I'm, I wind up watching this cycle. Um, but I'm a big uh, – I, I, I like Sidney Brown at the Senior Bowl, and I think he could be an option on, on day two, um, probably not day three. But, um, you know, there in terms of finding a, um, a useful player that can come in and then, you know, just addressing any sort of depth. Like the Jets are at a point where they actually have enough starters at every position, which seems crazy to say, um, or – in these later rounds, you can actually draft for depth, and we're not we're not fishing to get a starting All Pro edge rusher in the fourth round as fans because he has cool hair or something like that. You know, like we can get guys that say, you know, like think about what the Eagles have done, where they're just they draft guys fans can be excited about, and then you don't hear their name for two years, and now they're going to get a chance to play and prove themselves. I think the better we build this roster and have have built this roster over the last couple of years, you can start to draft guys that <clears throat> maybe won't play right away. Um, until they're needed, you know, which is which is huge. And I, I think we saw the importance of the later rounds in the Chiefs uh, Super Bowl run this year. Um, all those later round rookies were able to contribute down the stretch and especially in the Super Bowl. Um, and I think that'll be, you know, I think it's, it's very important. Um, and I, you know, Joe Douglas is a scouting guy. I don't, he's not going to want to, he's not going to want to trade his, all his picks. So I think, not being, not having to give up a first, a first round pick, and then keeping some of those later picks, you know, that'll be, that'll be crucial for the Jets to kind of prove what they can do and prove what they can um, evaluate and make a selection. Yeah, no, I'm on the same page. You, I, I'm kind of on the, the bandwagon. It's going to be tackle, uh, tackle slash guard, whatever center, and then uh, the rest of uh, you know day three address safety, defensive tackle, running back, and quarterback. Um, and kind of go from there. We'll see how that all kind of shakes out, what picks come and go, uh, what the Jets are able to kind of solidify the rest of free agency. Uh, I know defensive tackle, there is quite a few 
Um, you know, I think Connor and Joe mentioned on Badlands yesterday, the Puna Fords, Aishan Robinsons are also out there in addition to Clayus Campbell. We'll see how the Jets make all this different money work. There's a lot of different restructures that can happen. Obviously, Corey Davis's money, uh, obviously Carl Lawson's money, although Carl Lawson seems like he's definitely going to be back. I just don't know what number he'll be at. Corey Davis, it seems like maybe uh, we'll see. Obviously, if you're if you're not following, Charlie does a you know great job over the thirty third team. Um, you know it's the underscore CP four. Uh, Charlie, appreciate you, appreciate you hopping on, guys. We'll be back tomorrow. Brad Spielberger of PFF will be on, and then later in the week, Mike Giardi uh, and company will be on uh, on. And and as so long as the Aaron Rodgers thing happens, we'll hop on to get an emergency pod. Thanks so much, Charlie. Yep. Thank you. Yep.